Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week, we review the 2020 Pixar movie, Soul. There's going to be a lot of editing in this episode because we rambled on a lot about this movie. (laughs) But we get super deep. We talk about purpose and passion. We talk about Des the Barber and some of the delightful characters in this movie. And are the lessons that this movie tells important for everyone? I have no idea what this episode will sound like, but strap in. (laughs) We're... Heading off. (laughs) All this and more on Movies on the Side. (laughs) This week, we're reviewing the 2020 Pixar movie, Soul. Now, Nate, I have a three-page document here that I'm... I'm ready to unleash on this. And honestly, I'm the most nervous about reviewing this movie because of an Instagram group DM that I fear is going to be a horde of people coming after me if I say anything bad about this movie. No, you should not, because I think that this we can discuss this movie, the pros, the cons of it, pretty honestly, I think, because I think there are things to learn and things to love and things to go, Meh. Right. Rotten Tomatoes real quick before we get into anything deep. What do you think? 92. 95 critic score. Mm -hmm. 88 audience satisfaction. This is going to be a weird energy. I feel like this is going to be a very different episode than ones we usually do. Is it because you have three pages of notes and I have none? Is this why it's going to be different? (laughs) Or are you just worried that because you did not like this movie that much, you're worried that people are coming after you? That in a subreddit called Stephen is Wrong. <laughs> There's going to be a Discord channel calling for my head. So let me talk about the things I, I, I did love about this movie. Because Winnie and I watched this together. Mm-hmm. We knew that there would be some spiritual implications. And I'm just going to say, we do not have time to unpack the spiritual implications of this movie. I will just say that it is a melting pot, a hodgepodge of different <laughs> worldviews come together in one movie. And, you know, that takes some unpacking. But uh, we're, I don't know. I feel like we could get lost there. Yeah, I, and I think the, the, the thing to mention here is that going into this movie, I thought, man, how is Disney, how are Disney and Pixar going to handle something that looks like it's dealing with the afterlife, considering that a bunch of different religions, a bunch of different worldviews have different thoughts of what happens to you after you die. And this movie, Soul, I think does a great job of while it sprinkles in a bunch of like pretty, um, what's the word, like benign uh, assumptions. And like you said, it grabs from a a bunch of worldviews. It doesn't actually show you like, hey, once you go to the light and you go to the afterlife, now here's what happens or here's the deity. Like (laughs) it's as theological as it's a wonderful life. Where it's like, all right, you get to see your life and enter back into your life. And it's like right. guardian angel used in the Hallmark fashion. Like that sort of feeling. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. what all the Jerry's and Terry's felt like. Is they're like right. quantum leap level Iggy. Like, oh yeah, they're just, <laughs> con- you know, control of things. They're like Picasso line drawings made alive. I thought that was a really fun approach to it. Who, who are you? I am the coming together of all quantized fields of the universe. Appearing in a form your feeble human brain can comprehend. What? You can call me Jerry. Jerry, okay. Practically, two things that, again, Pixar is incredible at is animation and music, which really come together in this movie because 
so much jazz music. You know, the main character, Joe, is all about jazz. That's his deal. All right, Stephen, I need to stop you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need you to answer this question. Yeah. Be honest. Okay. You like music, yes? Uh, <laughs> yes I mean, I'm going to put you in the stand. So, Stephen Robles. <laughs> do you swear? Tell the, all the people here in the court, do you like music? Yes. Uh, speak into the microphone, please. <clears throat> Yes. And Stephen, would you say that you're a little bit of a music connoisseur? You can be honest here. I mean, I have a music degree. Please, yes or no. (laughs) Please, yes or no, Stephen. Yes. And would you say that you appreciate jazz? Yana. Would you say (laughs) that Stephen Robes' answer to the court, that you appreciate jazz? Yes. And would you say that you would enjoy going to a jazz... Yana, leading the witness, objection. Sustain, sit down. <laughs> would you say that you would go to a jazz event, Stephen? Yes, I have. Do you think that the movie Soul <laughs> did positive or negative things for the music genre of jazz? Oh, you know, I think it did, honestly, because the jazz you hear in this movie... That is all, Your Honor. Oh, sorry. (laughs) The witness may step down. Please step down. Yeah, I feel like the kind of jazz that they actually play in this movie is like traditional, legit, like improv jazz that you don't hear in movies. You don't hear it very often. And I loved that they put that in the forefront. And I I honestly love, like, the movie opens with Joe in front of his middle school class, and he's desperately trying to teach them music oh, so good. and instill passion into them. And I mean... You ever been in a jazz band? Because I have. I've been in a sixth grade jazz band before. Oh, my goodness. I know. And it's like... Cacophonous. <laughs> cacophonous. A cornucopia of sounds. Pixar hits it out of the park portraying this because it is 100% true to life. And the teacher who is like incredibly passionate trying to communicate that to his students. And you have that one student who is also like a shining star, the trombone player girl in this band, who's like, mm-hmm. gets it and like goes into the zone, which we'll talk about later. The pizone. Uh, you know, I just love all of it. And then with a minor, I'm like, whoa, 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 Then he has the inner voices. And it's like he's, it's like he's singing. And I swear the next thing I know, it, it, it's like he floats off the stage. And Winnie and I, as we started watching this movie, we were like, this is, we love this because the music is awesome. And it's like, it's showing real life music too. Because typically, there's kind of this joke in college as those of us who are music majors. It's like, you're either a music educator and you get a job Mm -hmm. or you get a music performance degree and you try to get gigs the rest of your life and it never really turns into anything. Right. And you end up working at Geico or whatever. So, So So relatable that he's living that gig culture I know it as a freelance artist. You're just like trying to land that next yeah. job, that next project. And he's like longing for it. And you want to land that one gig that is going to propel you where you quit the day job and then you're just yep. a full-time professional musician. The launch pad. The launch pad. And so that's what this movie's about. He finally gets that call. He gets that gig. And then he falls into a manhole cover. I think he just falls into the manhole. I don't think the cover is on there. Oh, Steve. you know what? You're absolutely yeah, right. He just, yeah, he Anna, you see, as the witness just said, manhole cover. Now, you can't fall through a cover because it has the cover on it. It's just the manhole. Send him to jail. I would like to present Exhibit A in the evidence. Okay. I want to let you know something, Stephen. If we're going to yes. go outside of the bit for just a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. I started doing that whole 
asking you questions, and I thought I was going to go to some place sort of deep, and I didn't. And while I enjoyed trying to do a Southern draw lawyer, <laughs> yes. I do feel like I didn't really, I didn't really get anywhere interesting at the end of that. I just wanted to let everyone know. I know that could have been cooler and better and funnier, <laughs> but it just wasn't. And I want to say, I want to say right now that I'm sorry. I thought it was good. I think we should, we should bring. I'd that- like to, you to give me some time um, <laughs> as I think about my actions. I think we should bring that bit back uh in the future because i think it's very good i think that's uh yeah it needs it needs redemption is what it needs i don't know not to be redone okay um i think that jazz in this movie is really really cool i want to say that jazz can be contentious and if you're not into jazz and improv jazz at that you may look at it and be like hmm this disconnects me a little bit from this movie Hmm. but i thought it was great they wisely choose what to show like when they finally show joe well, I don't know. Do we do a spoiler horn? Yeah. Okay. So, yes, music. Love the music. I want to say this. I also want to call out here how cool it is to see a movie with a predominantly African-American portrayed cast in a movie that could also have been made with, like, white people. Sure. Oh, yeah. 20 years ago. The fact that it's a story, like, that, that Joe is not just portrayed as a Toy Story-esque white male. Yeah. Like back in, I think that's really cool because it's it's like, yeah, we didn't we didn't lean so hard into it like, oh, we have to have this be like this story is not essential necessarily. Right. To have like a, a predominantly black uh, portrayed cast. But the fact that it is and it is like, no, this is a a normal story for all humans, I think is really really cool. And almost like I, I hope that it just becomes the norm. Like you, right, you exactly, don't even yeah. have to do what I just did, which I'm not even sure I like what I just did. But <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. No, but it's it's good. Also to that end, like animation again, it's always amazing to see where animation is going. And I love the animation in this movie and just certain moments, like fingers on piano keys. Oh man! You know things flying through the air. Le- fall leaves in the trees, yeah. and like the graffiti on a rolled-up screen door on a street <laughs> in New York. Yeah, and like sunlight coming in golden hour. Like the it is beautiful. It's beautiful, and I also love seeing Pixar portray New York because mm-hmm. I don't even know if there's been another Pixar movie that takes place there because it's usually in abstract places. But I like I really enjoyed that. So. When Joe dies, you know, he runs away from the afterlife. He goes to the before place, meets Soul 22, which has been, you know, not wanting to go to Earth. What an interesting concept. Yes. Not wanting to actually experience Earth. Not wanting to experience Earth. They, the Soul 22 has had, like, mentors like Mother Teresa and Einstein. And basically they have told Soul 22 that... They are hopeless, you know, that they're never going to find their spark. You are the pits. Yeah, you are the pits. And the idea of the before place is that you have to find your spark for life, whatever that thing is, mm-hmm. so you can get your past to Earth. Mm-hmm. And so Soul 22, as you would imagine, the number, Soul 22 has been there a very long time, since maybe the beginning of time. Oh, I didn't think of them as being... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, what I'm that's a new realization to me is like, oh yeah, she's yeah. been around. I think she said like thousands and thousands of yeah. years. And so Joe... He doesn't belong in the before place. You know, there's hilarity in that ensues about that, but he gets charged as the mentor for Soul 22. Mm-hmm. 22 has been at the U Seminar for quite some time and has had such notable mentors as Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, and Mother Teresa. <laughs> I made her cry. Ignore that. 
they go to the lost soul plane, which I want to talk about that maybe after the spoiler horn. But yes, they go back to Earth. They get mixed up in bodies. Joe's and a cat. Very funny. I get why Pixar used this plot device because now Soul 22 is experiencing Earth mm-hmm. and gets to appreciate all the little things. Right. Like eating pizza and seeing a tree. Getting yelled at in the subway. <laughs> Getting yelled at in the subway. Which Steven's been living that life when he was young. <laughs> Very New York. I love getting yelled at at the subway. So we follow them, and, and they have to come to... So I don't know. When do we do a spoiler horn? Do we, do we rate it now? I think we do. I think we do our ratings. We give our overall thoughts. I'm okay. going to give the overall... Let's talk overall message of the movie. Not details, just yeah. what is this movie trying to say because here's where i come in you mentioned this instagram dm and i would say we have shared friends who have who love this movie express their opinions about this movie and what uh the message they took from it and hearing them really bumped up my rating a little bit because Mm. i kind of walked out of this movie the very first time by walked out i mean i watched it in the comfort of my own home in the (laughs) pandemic (laughs) right disney plus i walked out feeling a little lukewarm on it thinking like oh this is really cool and it's a stretch and it's a leap but it's not in my you know top five pixar movies even maybe it's like six or seven but i found it enjoyable after talking to our shared friends in a DM, I bumped up my rating because I think there are a lot of cool messages to take from this movie. There are, and as we will talk about after the spoiler horn, the message of this movie is really close to home for me. We've talked about it. I thought about you while watching this movie. I thought, this is the kind of movie whose message is almost <laughs> cherry-picked yeah. for you, Stephen Robus. Yeah, and that's why I struggle with this because I love this message. It's something that I personally need to hear. It's a lesson that I have learned and have still yet to learn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still learning all the tenses uh, because it's a hard lesson to really live day in and day out. And right. so we'll dive into that after the spoiler horn. But I do agree that it is a good message. My thesis, maybe that message got a little too convoluted amidst trying to create a world, mm. namely the before place, and trying to place anthropomorphized characters in a made-up place. Okay. So we're going to rate this on a scale of zero to five pizza crusts mm. because New York. Right. And it made me hungry for pizza watching this movie. Oh, it absolutely did. I'm going to give it three pizza crusts. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it a solid three because, again— Oh, well, this is not as low as I thought. No, no, no. I mean, listen— We've seen some bad movies. <laughs> it's still a good Pixar movie. It's just no Inside Out. We've seen some right, bad right, movies. Right. And I will say Inside Out, it does rank higher in like the Rotten Tomatoes. Inside Out got like 98 critic score. So like it is not Inside Out. You know, Inside Out for me, we would have to actually rate it on the show, but it would be probably close to a perfect movie for me. Sure. But I'll give this three because again, the message is good and important, I think. Mm-hmm. I even think like it is an important message for most people to hear. I think the animation is gorgeous. I love the music. Me being a jazz person and you know music degree guy, like I love all of that. Pixar nails so much of that. I I just the before place and some of the degree removalness uh, from mm-hmm. what the story was trying to tell you. Like I don't know how much of it was actually necessary to even tell the story, the message that it was portraying. You know, I think. The scene at the end that we'll talk about in a moment that really drives it home, 
I don't know how much before place is necessary to drive that home. You're really bothered by this before place thing, aren't you? I think we've sort of all burrowed down to the real thing is that this before place is what strained credulity for you. Not that it's strained credulity, but it's even like they created an entire world down there, meaning the before place and little souls getting their personality and, you know, getting your spark. There's the place where, like, there's every single thing that's on Earth, and you can go there to find your it's passion. Like a dreamscape. But yeah. Then there's also, yeah. Then there's also the desert of lost souls, and then you have this weird guy on a ship over there. And what happens with lost souls? I don't think that's in the before place. But it's all like in the same. That's in the astral plane, Stephen. This is what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> My point, Yana, Yana, as the witness has stated, the astral plane, Exhibit B, evidence. So again, this this is my point. Like, there's so much there, not just the before place, but like so much. They had to do so much world building mm-hmm. from afterlife mm-hmm. to before place to overseers to little souls to right. lost souls. Like, and I don't know if we needed all of that mm, to okay. tell the story of Joe struggling with with his passion and purpose. I buy that. So that that is that is really my argument. But again, it's still really compelling. And it's a great Pixar movie. And so I give it a three. What do you say? Okay. I'm going to give Soul three and a half pizza crusts. Oh, okay. I think I was probably maybe up to four. Ugh. I'll be honest. <laughs> Yana, 3.75. The witness. I, I asked the witness to answer the question. And he did not. Answer uh, the question. I'm going to say three and a half pizza crusts. Okay. Okay. Maybe... Because I haven't seen this movie in a couple weeks, it might be creeping up to four based merely on the discussing with our friends <laughs> on the meaning of this movie. I don't know if you could use that to change the rating and of the I know, movie. I know. I'm going to go three and a half to be pure and unbiased. You can go 3.75. Really good Is ve- No, I'm not going to do it. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half pizza crusts. Okay. I think that this movie is very intriguing a big swing that I think for the most part is a pretty solid success. I mean, obviously it is a solid success as far as critics. I think that the movie tries to give a lot of different messages at once. And I think it gets about 70% of the way there with a lot of different messages. But I think I could have used it to hit really hard on one message. I think the closest that this movie gets to a profound and exciting message is that there is beauty in the life around you and that if you spend your life pursuing a passion and confuse passion with purpose for your life and you're always seeking out this specific purpose that you're missing the beauty and the meaningfulness to life as it flits past you because you're laser focused on this one thing that you're achieving and doing. I, In some ways, this movie preaches to the choir, and I am the choir, because I feel like that <laughs> is the way I try to view life already. So I didn't have... Oh, we'll talk about this after the spoiler horn, about how you and I have very different sort of natural states of how we view life. But I think this was a... I was like, yeah, well, that's good message. Good job. There are a couple other things along the way of like what importance does success have and should you be pursuing your passions? Should you be going after all the gigs or should you be content in teaching high school jazz or whatever? 
a lot of these are kind of left unanswered and unexplored, and I wanted to explore them more. I will leave you with this. I think one of the greatest characters in this movie is Des the Barber. Yes. And I think he, as a sort of story in and of himself, is potentially the most inspirational character in this whole thing, and I think he was great. Three and a half, let's spoiler horn this. So that scene, to pick up where you're leaving off. So Des, the barber, I love that there's this interaction that basically shows how Joe never really asked about Des's life. Right. And now is, is only, <laughs> he's talking about it because 22 has asked, Soul 22. Right. And so Des tells the story of how he wanted to be a veterinarian, but barber school was cheaper and he had responsibilities. And like, this is 100%. His daughter, he said his daughter got his sick. His daughter got sick. This is real life. And this is where, you know, Pixar really hits it home because they get it. Like, this is a real life scenario that people feel and experience. And to some degree, we all feel this because we have to give something up to fulfill responsibilities to our family. But that doesn't mean you have to hate every minute of doing the thing you're now doing as your job. Right. And Des says, but I get to talk to people every day. And I actually really love it because Soul 22 assumed that he must really hate working here every day because... Right, yeah. that he must resent right. sort of the his lot in life. Right, you know? and it is a beautiful picture of someone who has <laughs> reached that place. <laughs> I don't want to tie it to a worldview, so I won't use words, but they've achieved something. Again, achieved, that's my language. Uh-huh. But they've reached this place where... They know they won't be able to do the thing they wanted to do when they were younger because they had to make tough choices, but they can still make the most of what they're doing now and find joy in it. And that's what the movie's trying to tell us. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. You're stuck as a barber and now you're unhappy. Whoa, whoa. Slow your road here, Joe. I'm happy as a clam, my man. Not everyone can be Charles Drew inventing blood transfusion. That's the magic of the chair. That's why I love this job. I get to meet interesting folks like you, make them happy, and make them handsome. I think he's the, he is a great picture of the theme of this movie. I think that Joe, as the main character, who I think is a great uh, main protagonist, yeah. I think it's a little bit more... It's not as clear with Joe what the ultimate lesson that he's learning. I mean, I think... We are to believe that through 22 experiencing life through his body and him kind of witnessing that and seeing how 22 finally gets her global passport to wherever she wants to go, that he learns that like, hey, there is beauty in life around you. And if I stop and actually enjoy it instead of focusing on, I will finally be happy. I will finally be fulfilled when I can do this thing. Yeah. I would have liked to see from Joe kind of how that is applied to his life going forward when he returns back to Earth. We don't get to see any of that. Right. And I know it kind of leaves a little bit up to you as the viewer to be like, oh, I I wonder what he does next. But I always love to see the It's a Wonderful Life moment of now you go back <laughs> to your life and how does it look different now that you are appreciating yeah. this world? Be- not to be super deep, more deep than this movie intends to go, but I would say like... There seems to be a difference between just kind of emotionally going like, I'm just going to appreciate the day, which right. it's a nice sentiment, but necess- like 
can be a little hollow when you're actually having a rough life situation sort of thing versus actually finding fulfillment in life, which as a Christian myself, I would apply that all to like faith. Right. Whereas if you, if you didn't have that background, uh, you know, I would also assume that you're trying to anchor that to something, whether it be family or yeah. something additional than that. If the meaning stops at, well, just enjoy life and just smile at the leaves as they fall. To me, that ends up a little bit more hollow of a message and not as fulfilling. I think you have to take that next 30% leap of going, okay, what does it mean to actually, how do I actually enjoy every day? Or how do I maybe not even enjoy it, but find contentment and peace? Uh, That is something that I wish maybe maybe the movie can't answer doesn't have the the tools to answer it but i would say like i think that's a worthwhile discussion after you watch this movie yeah and i feel like the movie answers the question in the negative and by that i mean don't do don't do this thing but it doesn't give you a replacement thing to do instead right exactly yeah because the climax scene where we see Joe have the crisis of belief is when he actually gets the gig. Yes. He makes it back into his body. He gets the nice suit. He gets to play piano with his famous saxophone player in this jazz quartet. Mm-hmm. And it is an incredible experience. While he's playing there, you know, the moment that the audience is applauding, he's like, this was it. This is what I was hoping for. This is my purpose. This is my passion all rolled into one. And then they leave the club Mm -hmm. and Joe is standing on on the sidewalk and the saxophone comes out, famous saxophone player. Voiced by Angela Bassett, by the way, Dorothea. I loved her voice in this. Yes, her voice was great. And Joe asks her, what happens now? And she says, we come back and do it again tomorrow. Right. And he says, I've been waiting for this day my entire life. I thought it would feel different. So, uh, what happens next? We come back tomorrow night and do it all again. It's just, I've been waiting on this day for my entire life. I thought I'd feel different. I identify with that moment super hard. Right. Because... Well, I think with anyone, when you have something in your mind, an idea that this is my passion, and if I could somehow do this every day for the rest of my life, I would A, be happy, B, feel fulfilled, and C, like never have to search again for what I need to do. Right. And as Joe has that moment that we all hope for, and I have had those moments too. I have thought in the past, if I could just be a tech journalist, that I would be happy. And when I had an opportunity to do that, I was like, oh, this is not what I (laughs) thought it would be, or X, Y, or Z. And basically what the movie is telling you, again, it's a negative, but it's true that whatever you think your passion is, if that becomes your daily grind, it will soon not feel very passionate. Like, you will probably feel very different about it if you were dependent on income for it, if you had to do it every single day, same set, same club. Maybe the scenery changes, but... And not just that, I think the movie also, in a great way, says if you make that your entire identity, there is also a ultimate hollowness of going... Okay, once you've made it, once you've had a viral hit, once you have a podcast with millions of listeners, right? What then what? 
like then you just keep making podcasts or you keep doing gigs or whatever or you now you have more people like i think that's a very important message especially right in our day and age with the kids these days basically and in a sentence it's any passion can become a grind because if it becomes your livelihood that's what it is this takes us perfectly into the lost souls place because a avenue which i would say this avenue i wish was fleshed out more yeah but they kind of it becomes a climactic moment that i think isn't as impactful as say an inside out climax because it doesn't necessarily flesh out the rules of it and that is this right you can either do something you love and you get in the zone and when you're in the zone you're kind of like removed from your body and like the time goes away and you're just loving it so he plays piano other people that are writing and doing something creative and there's this exciting like almost like an escapism like i get that you lose track of time you're doing something you love and then there's this lost soul plane and this appears to be where you get stuck in a negative mindset that completely snowballs you into a rut of running on a treadmill trying to fulfill something and i think this when 22 experiences it and becomes a sand monster basically (laughs) that it is all of these negative thoughts either self-negative thoughts or what other people have said to you ringing over and over in your mind right and i think it's a great depiction of what the power of words and the power of right. like these negative thought patterns that right. can absolutely destroy someone's life. And I think that, right. I wish they had gone further down that road. I think that's a very powerful thing to hear about how that can really just turn you into a zombie because you're spending your whole day saying, I'm not good at this. I can't do it. I'm always a failure. Or, you know, you hear it as a kid and right. you repeat those words in your life. Tell me what you think about lost soul stuff. Some people just can't let go of their own anxieties and obsessions, leaving them lost and disconnected from life. And this is the result. Make a trade? Looks like another hedge fund manager. So, yeah, I got it. Like, I get the premise and the idea and how they portrayed it. That's fine. But I think the movie almost contradicts itself in the moment where they actually save one of those lost souls. And we see the actual person then in their like cubicle style office setting right and this is where i feel like again the movie contradicts itself because when we see the actual person then in real life the person like jumps up destroys some computer monitors and runs out of the building as though they're like basically leaving that soulless job again i feel like this movie is telling us it doesn't matter what your job is or what you're doing you can actually learn to but that's the convoluted message of the movie but i think that's not what they were trying to portray they were he was repeating all the sign like gotta make money and gotta make trade like well it wasn't the job's problem it was his attitude through it was a, a gotta to keep doing this i know it was just the fact that it was like the canonical office worker like that's sure. the one occupation you have chosen to portray a lost soul whereas the guy spinning the the sign out there was just loving it and becoming the Captain Hook of Lost Souls, which, voiced by Graham Norton, Moonwind might have been one of my favorite characters uh, outside of Dez. Yeah, he was an interesting character. But I feel like 
the way that they portrayed that particular lost soul with the office worker and how he had to run out of the building mm-hmm. once he discovered he was, you know, once he found himself again, I feel like there's a little bit of a contradiction. Because if I feel like the movie's going to be consistent with its premise, you should be able to work an accounting job nine to five for the rest of your life and still find the joy right. and inspiration and passion in every moment that you live. And so you can do the desk job where you stare at Excel all day. Yes. But I feel like in that moment, the movie was kind of revealing its cards a little bit and saying, like, some jobs are just soulless, though. <laughs> like, it was a well, little yeah, contradictory. That that definitely is. I think that's where the movie loses me sometimes, is that I think the messaging can be a little convoluted because that's exactly right. If you were to talk about it more, you would say, it's not the job's problem necessarily. The movie does kind of wink at you and go like, well, there are some jobs where you're just <laughs> there making money. And you're that not, just like, means you gave up on life. It presents a lot of kind of shorthand to us and go like, yeah, you get it, you get it. But also, like, if you're going to create a very different type of world and present a very, I would say, complex message about purpose versus passion and all this different stuff, that every shorthand you do is, are you presenting another message for me to figure out? Right. It does feel like there's, it's one more code to uncover, which maybe we're going deeper than this movie intends us to go. I mean, I feel like this movie's telling you to go pretty deep. I mean, they're talking about souls and lost souls and passion and purpose. Like, these are the biggest right. themes almost that you could talk about. But the one scene that I feel like they do drive it home is when he comes home from the gig after riding on the subway. Mm-hmm. The guy yells at him on the subway, which, again, the movie's telling you, like, yeah, even if you get that gig and you get to be, like, a famous musician, you're still going to ride the subway home and someone's still going to be mad that you bumped into them. Like, that's this is life. This is life. Right. So he goes home and he sits down at the piano and then he sees all the little objects that he had collected you know, in the past several days, whatever the time has been. But, like, you have the pizza crust, the Metro card, the spool of thread, mm-hmm. and we see this montage of his memories. And he begins to realize that, actually, those small moments all throughout his life, like, that's what it meant to live. Mm-hmm. I think this movie makes it tough because they're trying to say you don't necessarily have a purpose. A message that the movie sends is be less concerned with purpose as purpose has been defined by culture right and be more intentional right about living and having zest for life right yes and i think that's good because we see the moments that he saw 22 experiencing pizza for the first time the subway grate where the wind blows out all those small things that we as cynical adults just pass by like we don't appreciate those anymore so i get that right and then he even goes back further to remember moments with his mom you know bathing him in a tub when he was a kid or you know just the sunset over the city and times with his dad yeah when his dad's sitting next to him and he's playing the piano and like that that's the moment i cried Mm, that's good i cried during this montage because i get it what it's saying right then and absolutely there's so many of those moments every day that I take for granted, for sure. Right. And so I, and I told, and in that moment, I get it and I believe the movie. Yeah. Like I say, okay, I need to slow down. Mm. Yeah. I think this movie, for all of its somewhat convoluted messaging, when it does hit you with the moment of, hey, this is 
an important part of living. Right. And I think when it hits the message right, and I think the movie, especially for, as we've talked about, and maybe on our bonus episodes more than here, about you personally being someone who loves achieving and yeah. succeeding at different things, I think for someone to hit it like too personal, but for someone with a little bit more of your mindset than mine, I think the messaging is spot on and worth digging into. Yeah. And after that moment, he goes back and he saves 22. You know, he gives her the seed that floated down from the tree. And 22 gets to go to Earth and live its life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the scene when Joe, he's like, okay, I'm resolved. Like, I did live a life. And I, I didn't realize it before, but I did. And then one of the Jerry's, the Picasso line drawings, like, we're going to give you another chance. I think I would have felt more if there had been actual consequences to him <laughs> sacrificing himself for 22. Yeah. That is a, that is something that, for example, Frozen 2, there is mourning for, uh, she thinks Olaf and Elsa have died. I think when there are actual consequences and actual heartache things, and if Joe had said, like, you know what? I'm willing to give up the rest of my, like, I had my life. I'm going to give 22 the option to have their life. Right. I think that is beautiful. The fact that he kind of just gets to go back, I know it's it would be pretty dark if it had been like, all right, <laughs> that has, it's been all. Or if they had said, Joe, you have a, a day to go back and, like, Put your affairs in order, whatever. <laughs> right. That would be heavy. That would, yeah, I mean, that would even be worse, yeah. This is another example of something in the movie. Sacrificing and serving others, they allude to it a little bit. Yeah. But it doesn't, it's not all the way there to be a message, but I would have loved it to be more like, not only is it enjoying the beauty in life, there is great purpose. Uh, you know, again, they're shying away from purpose. There is great satisfaction and fulfillment in living to help others. Yeah, and we could get super deep and talk about what makes those things even good. Right. Because, again, but the movie portraying these things as good without a specific basis can get a little nebulous. But I could also have imagined the end of a movie where Joe is just standing on that staircase and we just go to a whiteout and maybe we see yeah. like a baby in a family, and it's to represent Soul 22. Like, I could have seen an ending like that. Right. But we do get this line because the Jerry asks Joe, how are you going to spend your life? Mm -hmm. So, what do you think you'll do? How are you going to spend your life? I'm not sure. But I do know. I'm going to live every minute of it. Right. Again, the movie telling you again, this is what we think it's all about. Right. Not about what you do, but being present. Don't sleepwalk through your life. Right. Don't sleepwalk. Or, or sleepwalk while you're pursuing one thing. Right. Don't spend your life pursuing this thing you think is going to be making, that will make you the ultimate version of happy and fulfilled. Just live every moment in the moment. Just be present. And I think there is important lessons in that you know I, I do think that that is an important idea yes agreed overall especially especially nowadays especially when for example to put it to bring it home 
I would say that during this last year, during the pandemic, and when many people were forced to slow down, and I know it's been very difficult for people financially as well during this time, but sometimes, which I think what this movie does, and I would encourage others to do as well, is take a moment, put on a a slow, thoughtful, emotional song in your head, and play your own video montage of what beautiful things that have happened to you during this pandemic time and how you were able to maybe enjoy the simple things or not enjoy and be very stressed by them. But also there's beauty in those moments too. I think being able to look back and kind of giving yourself the Pixar treatment (laughs) of seeing the, all the infuriating joyful, beautiful mess that is life and be like, you know what? I want to not miss any of this. I think that's a worthwhile thought experiment. That's good. Well, listeners, if you're going to yell at me for not giving this movie a five, you can do that on Instagram. You can follow (laughs) us at Movies on the Side on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you there. And we'd love to have five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. That'll help us climb the ranks and be discovered by more movie lovers like yourself. You can also check out our bonus episodes. This week we talked about Wall Street Bets and GameStop. I can't believe we did that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do it. We did. I had to do it. And you can find those bonus episodes at patreon.com slash movies on the side. Support the show with any amount. And you get access to all the back catalog of bonus episodes. And as we always say, life is full of possibilities. You just need to know where to look. Don't miss out on the joys of life. We did a lot of rambling in that one. I don't know. I mean, I think... Do you think it'll be interesting to listen to? I think so. I think it was good.